right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. My name is Jeff Gluck. I'm along with my coworker Jordan Bianchi. We are motorsports writers for the Athletic, and boy, did we miss you guys after a week off. <laughs> it feels like so long, actually, since we got to do this, Darn. Jordan, doesn't it? It does. Way too long. I missed you, Jeff. I uh, I don't think you did, but um, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, I'm glad to be back on here, and and better than just being back on. Uh, we have something to talk about. We've got a good race. I mean, a gr- great race. One of the best races of the year, I would say. Fun. What? This is great. Yeah. Ross Chastain, man. Always delivers. Ross Chastain always gives us something to talk about when he's on. And uh, he's he found his speed again. Um, and, of course, we were already going to have plenty to talk about with Chicago coming up. So uh, NASCAR really has started off its second half, so to speak, um, with plenty plenty of storylines here. So that's that's a good thing for if you have a podcast like we do. Hey, no shortage of material. Let's, let's get to it. All right, let's go. He's already, he's already, he's already cranking out there. It's almost midnight central time as we start this podcast. Um, so, um, yes, Jordan, uh, you know, boy, the last month and a half or whatever, we've been saying, Oh, Ross Chastain. Why did you think he was never going to win? Jeff, you just thought Ross. Chastain, whoa, you just whoa, whoa. Don't, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Don't you put that evil on me. I was saying pump the brakes. I was saying, I don't know that it's all related to this alleged sit down that Justin Marks completely backed off of, by the way, in his comments this week, that that never happened the way that it was originally presented on Sirius. At least I, I, I need to go back and see what the original comments were compared to what is being said now. But the bottom line is Justin Marks is saying now, that that was not accurate. That never they never had a sit down to like basically tell him to slow down, um, which we all. That's what he said. What? That's what he said. He said to hit, stop hitting things. Well, that that's not what they're saying now. So you know now they're saying that you know that was just sort of like hey let's not take ourselves out of winning positions when we have a chance, um, and it seems like they're almost putting more on on Hendrick like at least Ross's comments. Um, you know, and, and the Justin thing was more of like a friend, but you know, Hey, when, when your team owner goes on serious and says, yeah, we had to have a sit down with them and tell them, you know, not to do this anymore. And then all of a sudden the results fall off the cliff. <laughs> I mean, people are going to sort of draw conclusions to that. Um, Barely. but yeah, that, you know, the, the speed is right back though. I mean, heck of a weekend for a track yeah. house in general. Yeah. I mean, I think that the the cliche statement victory gets overused a lot, and I'm guilty of it a lot. But in this case, I really do believe this was a statement victory for a multitude of reasons. One, it's Ross's first win on a quote-unquote traditional NASCAR track. You look at his win before came at Talladega Super Speedway, where literally it was a last lap pass where the, the leader moved up the track in front of him and opened up the lane. His first win came at Coda, where... There was a lot of bumping and banging and, and everything there. And he's had a lot of opportunities to win on traditional NASCAR tracks. And it hasn't happened for a variety of reasons. Some of it his fault, some of it not. And he also hasn't won a race in over a year. That's a big thing. And that's a, that's a, that's, that has been a talking point. And if all of the speed, it hasn't converted over to wins. And that's been an issue. And then, of course, there's what we just talked about, which was coming out of Darlington, we have seen a different number one team in terms of they haven't had the same performance level for whatever reason that that's undeniable and so to come out and not only to win the race but to win the poll 
um, lead the most laps and really be, I don't think he ran probably lower than third of most of the night, you know, or thereabouts. Like this was a huge, huge win that just kind of puts a lot of things to bed. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, you know, coming into this, it was probably going to be, okay, well, is it Hendrick or Gibbs, right? Like sort of this ongoing storyline lately. Um, and really it looked like the Gibbs cars, um, had the advantage and really, I mean, if you want to throw Reddick in there before his mishap, yeah. I mean, the Toyotas look strong and you're thinking, okay, well, you know, maybe it's going to be sort of a, a Gibbs Toyota type night. Uh, at one point, JGR at all four of its cars in the top 10 and, uh, they were running one, two for a while. And then, you know, you have the Hendrick cars going up there. I mean, Elliot was looking fast for a while. Uh, Byron Larson didn't really have it tonight for whatever reason, but, um, so you're like, okay, and then where does, where does track house fit into all of this? Right. But obviously, like you said, I mean, the way that Chastain won the pole and Suarez until his, his qualifying mishap, I mean, he, he was going to be, he might've been in the top five all night too. Oh, I mean, yeah. and then he had to go to a backup and start from the back and he ends up, you know, getting back up to 12th, but, um, track house brought some speed this weekend track house. Mm -hmm. That was, you're right. I mean, in, in terms of a statement, like, hello, we're still here. Yeah, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and that's that's huge. And and you know, look, um, Justin Marks after the race says, Nashville. You know, they're they're based in Nashville, right? At one time, when before he he bought Chip Ganassi Racing, and you know, it made more sense to be based out of Concord, um, and with Chevy there as well, and all that stuff. I mean, they were like, look, we're going to make a track house shop in Nashville. I mean, he was talking about you know they they could have almost a shop where. Uh, you know, it's like a tourist destination with like a, you know, a go-kart track or a bar in it. And, and you could come see what they're working on in Nashville and all the stuff. And they have people move there and, and they have a lot of their key personnel are in Nashville and Justin lives there. So, you know, he said, aside from Daytona 500 and Phoenix championship race, this was the race he wanted to win the most. They got it and they got it in a big way. Um, and going into a crucial part of the season here, um, and in, in one fell swoop, you sort of erase a lot of the questions that are going on around Ross, right? Like we talked about the missed opportunities. We talked about the lack of speed and, you know, Ross going out there and doing it in a way where he didn't piss anybody off all night. Um, he got raced hard by some people, you know, Noah Gregson Noah held Gregson, him up at one yeah. point. Um, and he said, I don't know if you, did you hear his comments about Almarola and uh, Joel Edmonds on the NBC post race show? No. So they had, they had, uh, Ross on the Peacock pit box and they were talking about his three wide move, uh, where he splits the middle of lapping, you know, of the lap cars. And Ross said right on the thing, he's like, well, Eric Almarola and his spotter have, have made it clear. They have it out for me and they're going to race the crap out of me every single time. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I knew that. And it was a pretty risky move for me to try to go three wide, but thought that was my option to try to get that clean air with Truex chasing me down. So, um, you know, like every, the field raced him hard. It wasn't like everybody was like, ah, no, like whatever. All is forgiven. And he still went out and did it. And he did it without any sort of controversy, right? So a lot of boxes right, got checked here in one night. A lot of yep. boxes. And uh, so I can I can understand why it would be a statement win. And he agreed. You asked him that in the post-race press conference, and he agreed with your assertion. Yeah, he did. And it's it almost feels like a weight. I mean, and this is just my interpretation, but it really kind of feels like a weight got lifted off his shoulder. Like of all of everything going on, not just for the last few weeks, but really for a while now of why aren't you winning? 
Why do you keep making mistakes? Why do these things keep happening late races? And tonight, he was flawless. He didn't turn a bad wheel. And he was aggressive when he needed to be, but he didn't overstep. He raced at time. He raced very cleanly, you know, three wide there for a while with some guys, raced him hard. And while some guys didn't give him a break, he didn't, he didn't panic. He didn't push. He didn't do any of that. He did what he needed to do in a controlled manner. That was impressive. That's that that's really impressive. And that goes a long way to kind of helping move past this and saying, Hey, listen, I can be the guy that you can trust to race around. I don't always have to be a quote unquote bull in the China shop. It's it's really amazing how fast sort of the storylines come and go this season. Because <laughs> going into the break, you know, we're talking about, oh, you know, who would be in our final four and things like that. And and I I pretty much was like, man, kind of out on Chastain a little bit at the moment, you know, sure. like what have they really shown lately? And, and, you know, with pulling the reins back on him that we thought it was, um, and, and they're really their their loss of speed more than anything. You're like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't won a race. And so, yeah, to come out and do this now, um, it's, it's huge. And, and again, I think if the Suarez weekend goes a little bit differently too, it's even more of a story for track house because, they could have had double top fives. Maybe Suarez. I mean, Suarez could have. No. He, he might have had a pole winning car, and we saw how important track position was all night. Yeah. So, you know, he, you don't know what would have happened. Maybe they run one two or, or two top fives, whatever it is. But the bottom line is, track house in general is has really, and you know, we're not going to see you know, sort of another mile and a half for a little bit, a, a real mile and a half. And this was, you know, I, I'm, I know this is a 1.3 mile track, but I'm lumping it in with mile and a half because it kind of races. It's like an that. intermediate track yeah, for yeah. sure. So, you know, it maybe won't be as big of a thing next weekend at, at Chicago or, or whatever. Right. But still, I mean, I think we need to keep this in our memory now of like, okay, like they've, they know where they know how to find the speed. They're, they're going to be a factor. And, uh, I think they have sort of immediately, at least Chastain does establish himself as like, oh yeah, he's, he's going to be somebody to go through for the playoffs. He's certainly in the mix. And I think he was always going to be in the mix to some degree. I, I don't know if I'd have him in my championship four, you know, and I, I still like, you, you can't deny what Martin Trex Jr. is doing. Truex uh, for Denny sure. Hamlin, yeah. Truex for sure. I think Denny Hamlin's in that category. And you mentioned William Byron had a quote unquote off night. He finished sixth, which is a pretty, you know, that which kind of tells you where that team at. And I still think Kyle Larson is just, it's scary that this team doesn't seem to be quite clicking, but they're still knocking off good finishes. And that's a team that could just go on this run. And, you know, I don't know where they're going to be at, but when you look at what they do on these intermediate racetracks, you go back, um, Darlington was, they were very fast, obviously. Kansas, they were very fast there. Um, Charlotte, they had good speed and then I, I believe they had a little bit of damage in that race and that kind of impacted them a little bit. So, you don't know, you start to look back a little bit and you kind of do wonder if the narrative, but which I'm guilty of perpetuating is of that Ross, you know, had been, you know, reined in too much. Maybe it was a little overblown, at least on these racetracks that, that really matter in these intermediate racetracks, because that's going to be where largely, if you look at a playoffs is it's going to have a big impact on who gets the to, to Phoenix race for the championship? Cause you got Vegas, Homestead, Kansas, Texas, all you know, over those 10 races. Yeah. Look, I mean, you got to hand it, you got to hand it to Justin Marks and, and all that they've accomplished there. Um, 
even still, I think if you go back, you know, now, now it seems like, of course, you know, people are expecting them to win. Right. Like, but still, if you go back a year and a half ago to after he has purchased Ganassi and, you know, is moving the track house operation under that umbrella sort of, and starting this all up and, um, to, to think where they are. I mean, they're, they're one of the contenders. I mean, they're, it's, it's pretty remarkable. I, I thought of this last week cause I went to, uh, Portland, Oregon for the off week. And, um, we were, um, we used to live there obviously. And Justin and his wife, Aaron had come to town one time. And of course I, you know, I, I mentioned this before I, we've gone to elementary school together in California. So he was in town. He's like, let's, let's meet up for coffee. You know, the, the wives, everybody. So Sarah, my wife and I walked by the coffee place where we'd gone with them, um, last week. And I remember we were, we were sitting outside this place and he had said, you know, hey, what do you, what do you think? Like, I'm thinking about starting up a, a NASCAR team, um, or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> or like a cup team. And I was like, I, I don't know that seems like a really, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I just, I, I didn't say like, you're an idiot, but it was sort of maybe my body language is like, why, why would you, <laughs> why would you think that? I mean, talk about just a money pit. Like how, how does he not know that he's just going to lose tons of money? It's not, you know, no, this, this never works out when people do this. Like, I'm just going to, I want to be a cup owner, you know? And, uh, it's worked out. You know what I mean? Like he's, it's, it's working for him. Uh, so you should not be giving business advice. Well, obviously, obviously. I mean, but you know, the, the people that have the vision, a lot of times you just can't see their, their vision. I mean, they have a, a, you know, the, the, the true, people with ingenuity, they, they make it work. So, um, look, I mean, again, kudos, kudos to him, you know, uh, it's, it's, he's making it happen. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just crazy, but you know, I, and, and I still, at this point, Suarez has now moved himself into the 16th spot past, past Bowman. I mean, it's, a, it's a close battle and we'll talk about the bubble in a little bit, but I mean, you could have two track house cars again in the playoffs. Suarez is still going to be capable of winning a race, even though he's been lagging behind, what Chastain is doing performance wise most weeks. But I mean, I, it just feels like we haven't heard the last from them yet at this point. We, we kind of felt like we were writing them off yep. the last month or so. And they, they showed tonight why they should not be counted out. And that was impressive and they deserve credit for that. And each time you feel like, you've kind of, they've kind of maxed out their their potential or what they can do they continue to exceed that and nobody saw them a year ago doing what they did winning three races having ross almost win the championship and this year i think it was fair to say like you would not have been surprised if they kind of took a step back those growing pains right and yeah there's been a little stumbles along the way but they continue to to figure it out and overcome and a lot of teams don't they they hit that they they had they show fleeting moments of success but sustained success is what makes the Penske's and the Hendricks and the Gibbs teams so successful because year after year they're in the conversation and, you know, and to be able to do it year after year is what makes them great. And we haven't seen that from track us because their track record, I mean, they've been around that long and now they're going to have at least one driver in the playoffs. We'll see about Suarez. There's still too many mistakes there from the driver and the team to, they need to clean that up. And the performance discrepancy between the one and the 99 teams is, it's big right? and that, that it's, it's concerning, but you know, for a team that's still in its third year of existence, that's, this is pretty darn good start. And they, you know, there's, 
they, they're going to learn from this. And you, you would think that through all of this, and, and Justin said it tonight, like he's made mistakes, team has made mistakes. And as long as you can learn from it, that that's the important thing. I found it really interesting that Ross was talking about, and he sort of took credit for this. And I, I, I really, I don't know if uh, a lot of drivers would want to um, go out and, and say this, but he was basically saying, look, I, I'm really good at arrow blocking, which annoys everybody, right? <laughs> and he's basically said, I think I've sort of taught some of the field my methods and people are arrow blocking and racing like I do. Um, and he was talking about that in his battle with Truex. It seemed to, Truex seemed to do it to him um, earlier in the race. And then once uh, Ross's car came to life when, when the sun went down, uh, Ross was doing it to Truex. Truex was getting annoyed, but it was, he was able to hold him up. I think Truex was faster at that point. Really. It, it seemed like toward yeah. late in the race, but Ross sort of did the, the Harvick Logano, Kansas thing. Yeah. And it's a skill. It is. I mean, especially with these I mean, cars I, I, and track position and all this stuff these days. Yeah. yeah he did it long That's enough. Why, like when you go back to that race in Kansas and it's like, that was impressive how that, 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 that transpired and how, Joey was able to do that because you have to be perfect and one little slip can result in you losing either losing that spot or contact that puts you in the wall. And Logano has been very good at it and, and Chastain has done it and that you need every, and with the cameras and everything in your car, it's interesting to see how drivers incorporate that into what they do. And Ross has been very good about using that camera to his advantage. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, look, he, he did it long enough until Truex burned the tires off behind him. And, yep. you know, like I, you know, in some ways you hate it, right? Because you're like, well, wait a minute. What, you know, you, you don't want to celebrate, okay, here's a faster car unable to get around but a potentially slower car because of aero stuff and dirty air and all that stuff. But I mean, by now we, we all know that's the game, right? So it's not going to, that, that's just how it's going to be. So you might as well, you know, work it to your advantage. Um, and again, you don't have to love it, but that's what they're doing out there. And I mean, at one point, Truex says, makes a comment on the radio, like this guy's deciding what line he's going to take halfway through the corner by watching me out the back. (laughs) And it's like, well, yeah, yeah, that's part of the game. That's what he's doing. So, yeah, you know, you don't want to let him get the lead. Um, but you know, we, he hasn't really done it to the, to, you know, he hadn't won a, a traditional oval race till now. So, um, you know, it's not like he'd done it over and over again to people, uh, at least to, to win a race, but, um, he's doing it. Uh, but you know, I guess I, I bring this up because the alternative part would have been, let's say Truex had gotten that track position. Truex wins this race. Um, I think the narrative still comes out as, okay, Ross found his speed again, but it's also a little bit of Ross has the speed, but he still can't win. Right. And then it shifts mm-hmm. back to the, the narrow narrative would have been, wow, Truex is really on it now. You know, he would have won yep. two in a row. Gibbs in general is really on it because Denny was up there. Bell was up there. Uh, Gibbs, you know, he was, he got up to eighth for a while. He ended up finishing 14th, but you know, you could say, and then uh, again, when you, when you put Reddick hit, hit his tire, not come off, which is not his fault. Um, he never regained his laps. He finished two laps down in 30th. But you could have said, okay, wow, the Toyotas, if, had Truex won this race, the Toyotas are really making a statement here. You're talking about statement wins, right? So 
it, it could have gone either way. So you don't want to just get too far ahead of it and say, well, you know, let's overlook that. But I think this was overall a pretty positive night. I mean, if you're, if you're in the Toyota camp right now, you're feeling like we're going to have a you're lot of shots good. to win races. Oh yeah. yeah. You're feeling really good about your chances. I mean, that, and the road course deficiency that Toyota had last year has obviously been resolved. Reddick won wins at Coda, Truex wins at Sonoma, and guess what? Next week is Chicago. You got Indy coming up. You've got Watkins Glen coming up. You you know you're going to be good there. Um, it feels like they're in a really really good spot, and it still feels like a Gibbs versus Hendrick championship battle ultimately. And, you know, maybe Chastain or Logano or Blaney could be an interloper. But right now, it, Kyle it feels Bush, like Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle Bush, man. What a run for him tonight, by the way. Like, I mean, really fast, gets a speeding penalty on pit road, which happens way too often for him. Like, well, first, you, you first he had to pit early because he had a tire going down. Oh, that's right. The flat right. tire. Yeah, the flat so tire. He, he loses his laps. Then he stays out the whole rest of the stage. Yeah. Which worked which out. Works out. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, it happened to be in his fuel window, so he, he ends up getting stage points. Then he has the then he speeds during that stop, has to go all the way to the back, still comes up yep. and still finishes ninth. Um, yeah, that that was a heck of a yeah. run for him, sure. Yeah, and he's been he's and again he's one of those guys like you can't count him out because any given week he could pop off a win, and he's he's starting to string now the results together where he's finishing in the top 10 on a you know near weekly basis. So, you know, I, I still probably feel better about the Hendrick or Gibbs yeah, car. I, but I totally he, agree. He, yeah, for sure. For sure. But it's certainly, he's certainly in the mix. So, you know, it'll be interesting. I, it's just Truex, what Truex is doing though. Truex just really feels like he's coming into his own and, you know, we're kind of waiting for someone to kind of grab the, the points lead and kind of, you know, establish themselves. And, you know, he hasn't, I mean, he's still in his 15 point lead. So it's not like it's a huge lead, but does feel like he's kind of starting to kind of become the man, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, cause you could easily see him going to Chicago running well, like you said, sure. um, and you know, other, other races, uh, you know, it seems like they're hitting on stuff right now. It, it, Truex sort of whether, you know, whether it's getting the lead in a race that he ends up dominating or, um, the points lead in this situation, it feels like he's, I don't know, what is it like a Python or something that just like slowly squeezes the life out of you. Um, yep. he just, you know, it's not uh, it's not super flashy, but he just kind of gets there and just goes, you know. Yep. And yep. Uh, so yeah, I mean he he, that that's really impressive for sure. But yeah, I I do think that you know again like Truex, Denny, um, Reddick, you know, you would have said Bubba, but like man, like Bubba, Bubba had not a good bad night well missed opportunity tonight total i mean for for both him and keselowski you know they get that caution hamlin was involved too but mm -hmm. hamlin was up there at the time when he had stayed out long mm -hmm. so they get the caution in the middle of the, the green flag pit stops when reddick spins on a pit road and you know because reddick uh wallace had gone straight backwards pretty much since starting in the top 10 nope. um and keselowski was like way below busher and you know not a factor we were even messaging about it earlier in the race then all of a sudden they get this gift of like a free pit stop when there's only four cars on the lead lap um, and they restart. And then, you know, well, Kozlowski had his issue. He couldn't get going at all in the restart um, and then got run over basically. Um, and, you know, that, that whole thing happened with Blaney. But, you know, Bubba was still going to have a chance to have a good run. And he just, you know, he went backwards. He ended up coming back up to 15th, but they had more speed than that. And he's, you know, He's in the playoffs 
fairly comfortably on points, but it's like, I don't know. You, you just want to see more speed, more, you know, results out of them. I feel like considering the speed that they have. This is, this was a track, a style track. You look at where they've had speed this year, they should have done well. And you they qualify well. You're like, okay, this is good. This is what you need. Come here, you know, maybe get a win. Cause that, that's not, that's a very reasonable expectation. And to not get a, not run well, to not leave here with a result that you should. And you look at, while he's better on the road courses and he's finished top 10 in recent road course races, that's still not Bubba's strong suit. Like that's, you feel like you left a lot of points on the table and this is how you come back and you look at it and go, man, and you're in a points battle and you're on that bubble, you're on that cut line. You need everything you can get. And you got guys behind you and Bowman and Elliot. And I know I'm leaving a couple of people out that you feel like could win any given week. That's that's a scary thing because all of a sudden you can go from being in a spot where you're going to make the playoffs to all of a sudden you're not and you need every point you can get. Yeah. Well, and I do want to go back to Hendrick for a second because, you know, like Larson on the post-race show was saying, man, you know, really the last few weeks now we really haven't had speed and we're just, the team is doing a really good job getting finishes despite having the speed. And, and you mentioned that a little bit earlier, but at some point they're going to regain that speed, mm-hmm. right? Like, this season has been little waves of performance and you know, yeah, Hendrick is not what they were maybe early in the season, but (laughs) you can't just sit here and go, Oh, well, yeah, Larson just, you know, lost it. And they're, they're just not going to be, you know, they're, they're going to find it again. And all of a sudden it's going to be like, Oh yeah. Larson and Byron again, or Elliot. I mean, Elliot's, you know, he's, he's shaving points off uh, to the point where he could, realistically point is no he could he absolutely could he's only um, what 60 something out now he he started 80 he, something out 84 I, think. I, I i see the path I, I i can i know why you could make a case that they happen but there's nine races left in the regular season he's gonna have to be near perfect every single week so the margin of error is slim okay so he's gonna have to be perfect every single week and not throw points away and not have a bad finish to put himself in a bigger hole and on top of that He's going to have to hope that a guy, you know, a guy outside the playoffs doesn't win to move that cut line even higher. And so I, I, yeah. Could he get in on points? Sure. I just don't think it's likely at all. Okay. Let's say somebody doesn't, I mean, he's outside the cut line, so he could win, but like, let's say, um, let's say an AJ Allmendinger or McDowell or whoever doesn't win a road mm-hmm. course or uh, Corey LaJoy doesn't win a super speedway or whatever. Right. Okay. So he is now 64 points back. I think he shaved off 20 points tonight. Um, if I am accurate about what his margin was coming into the race, but so you don't think that he can gain on, he's got to gain seven points per race for the next nine weeks on, you know, the Suarez Bowman, cutoff line if it stays the same i think he could i think he can that's not all that's not but that I just many points it's i just think that you have to be there is no more you have to be almost perfect the rest of the way though you can't have a bad race yourself and that's the thing like you if you and if you can't and if you have two bad races i mean if you have two bad races you're even worse you, you just cannot there's no there's no margin there and so if you go out and just you're off one week for whatever reason, or you've got a loose wheel, or you have a flat tire, or whatever happens, yeah. 
you're you're at a victim. I, yeah, he, if he if you can tell me he's going to go out and and have a night where he's going to run the top ten and finish, sure. But you can't guarantee that, especially when you look at the fact that you got Chicago, Atlanta, Daytona, and Indy, which are going to probably be four fairly chaotic races. Mm-hmm. I just that's a that's a big ask. I, I mean, he could, he absolutely could, but that's just and they're good enough to do that. It's just there's no safety net. That's my thing. Well, I mean, you're assuming too that, I mean, Suarez or Bowman going to not have slip ups too, or Ty Gibbs. I mean, Ty Gibbs is in the picture there too. I said Ty Gibbs might win a race this year and I'm standing by it. And I like, he's, he's had flashes. They said that on the broadcast too. And I, I'm not so, I know you, you, yeah, you keep saying no. Like he's where, where, what evidence are you seeing that Ty Gibbs, First of all, Ty he's Gibbs got, isn't even outrunning his teammates, right? So you've got to got, outrun all your teammates, and you've got to outrun the competition. Sure. He's, I think he's I having think a great—he's having a great season for a rookie. He's ten points out of the playoffs. I, yeah, I get that. Great. I get that. But to I win, think, winning think, is a race is a whole different thing. Agreed. Agreed. The speed is there. The, the consistency is up and down. He figures this out one week, one two weeks. You just hit on something, and you've got speed. Like. I, I don't. I wouldn't be completely shocked if that at some point along the way he, you know, gets into victory lane. Yeah, I'm not saying know. it's likely. I just I wouldn't be stunned. I mean, I think Buck I'd be being, surprised, but not stunned. Maybe, but I mean, he drives a Joe Gibbs yeah. racing car. But um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's look, it's hard to win these races, right? I mean, I, I think it was Stephen Stump from Front Stretch in the post race uh, press conference says to Ross, you know, hey, since your last win at Talladega, you've re- you've led. 900 i think it was 983 laps in the cup series without winning a race um yeah until tonight so like it, it's hard you can you can it's run really well and hard. still not win i mean look at truex last yeah. year i mean it's look at blaney yeah. i mean it's, 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 I, I agree i agree but we've seen guys who just sometimes you just put yourself in position and think i like I, I think he's just super talented and he's with the gibbs car you know you don't know and there again there's some wild card tracks coming up but you look at the guys who Elliot's fighting with. I, I still think we're going to get that surprise. We haven't really, we outside of Ricky Santos winning the Daytona 500, which I guess constitutes a surprise. But uh, you know, it's still Ricky's good on super speedways. We're still due for like one of those out of the completely left field winners that you you tend to get at least once or twice a year. Yeah, I feel yeah. I'm just not knowing if I'm getting those vibes this year. It just feels I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Speaking of, you know, we were talking about all these people that can win races and all stuff on the opposite end of that. Ooh, ooh, Fords. Yikes. Not a good night. No, no finishers in the top 10. Now Blaney was, you know, he was going to run well for a while. Um, Harvick Harvick was, was. oh, what a, I mean, he was up to fourth. He was up to fourth after Stuart Haas had a terrible start. Um, first, first stage, I think that the top SHR card was 18th. You know, yeah. Harvick and Rodney Childers do what they always and do. And he had a speeding penalty too, by the way. He That's came right. back. That's right. And came it, I, I'd say this all the time, but it is so remarkable to me how good that four team is and how their performance compared to the rest of SHR. Like, it is be- the difference between night and day. It, it is just crazy in how they can figure out a way to – all of the deficiencies that they're dealing with, they still figure out a way to put themselves in the top 10 on a regular basis. And I just, that, that is a level of grittiness that you just, I don't know. They're going to miss that in a bad, bad way when he retires. Oh, no doubt. I mean, 
and look, that's, that's sort of, uh, that's sort of the game, right? Like you can start way off, but can you get your car better? Um, Mm -hmm. obviously like Briscoe tonight, I mean, he was having trouble outrunning the Rick Ware cars. He's got a new crew chief now, Richard Boswell, his former Xfinity crew chief. Um, but you know, they, they were just off now. Almarola was off, but Ryan Priest ended up coming back to 16th. I don't know how he did that, but yeah, good rally. I mean, but yeah, I mean, SHR, it's just, uh, it's bad go for them. That's why, you know, they announced Josh Berry this week. Everybody's like, Oh yeah, cool. Josh Berry. It's a great opportunity, but it's like, I mean, they've got a lot of work to do and they're losing their leader. And that's the thing too. Like you've got Barry, who's a rookie. You've got Ryan Priest and, and Chase Briscoe, who are still relatively un- inexperienced and certainly aren't ready to lead a team. Um, let's presume that Eric Almirola is going to retire. Uh, there's a leadership, there's a real potential for having a lack of leadership there. And that sounds silly to say, but you need somebody in the room who's like, listen, this is what's going on with the cars. This is how we fix them. And, and he gives the able to give that feedback. And you're not going to have that potentially, depending on what they do with the 10 car and who they put in that car. But that's a, you, you just, you can't make that up. You, you can't just say talent's great. Barry's talented and deserving this opportunity, but you still got to have experience. Well, and then again, Blaney, like he had a decent run going, or at least, you know, maybe it was going to be in the top 10 before that crash. Um, but like Logano was way off. Logano was, yep. uh, Corey LaJoy was, uh, or Le, the team radio at least was complaining about Logano and they were racing for 19th. Um, like he was talking about Logano blocking and stuff. Um, Sindrick, obviously not a factor. So it's like, Ooh. I mean, just I mean, at times RFK seems to be the best Ford team. I mean, but it's Ford is just, they, they've, they've got to figure something else out. I, I don't know. You know, you, you saw the surge of like positivity after the Blaney win and you're like, Oh, okay. Maybe mm-hmm. it's, maybe they got something mm-hmm. going here. Um, but I don't know. It's, just, it's certainly not consistent. That's for sure. That's the thing. It's two hit or miss. And if you, unless you can figure out a way to to win a race, you're gonna have. If you're looking at the playoffs, you're gonna have to figure out a way to string together good finishes because that's how you're gonna get forward is on points. And I wouldn't count up Logano at all. That team always seems to figure things out, and they probably will again. Uh, but uh, it's there's not a four team outside of Harvick and Logano that you can say, you know what, I really believe that those those that team is capable of, of making a deep playoff run. And that includes Blaney, just because his playoff record is is not the best. Speaking of Blaney, Jordan, um, let's talk about the hit that he had because there was no safer barrier oh. there. And we haven't really had this conversation in a while because it seems like over the last half dozen years or whatever, um, the standards have gotten a lot better and, and most walls inside and out are covered by safer barriers. And we just don't really run into this very often where somebody finds a non safer wall. Now this one, I mean, obviously hindsight 2020, but you're like, wow, really right after the, the front stretch at the end of the front stretch where restarts happen and cars could wreck. There's guys spin down, right? There's no safer barrier there. And obviously Blaney found it. Not a good situation at all. Obviously, I'm sure no. it'll be there when they come back. But how does this? Any any idea how this happens? I know you you talked to some people there. No, <laughs> uh, I mean NASCAR. I mean they put out that statement, and 
they will evaluate and determine whether or not a safer barrier should be there, which again, you would think there'd be one there next year. I'm with you. I, I, to me, it's inexplicable. Like at that spot on the racetrack, at that entry point, I don't care if it's unlikely or not. You still put it there just in case because that that's kind of the same area. It, it's a different track, obviously, but that's kind of the same area where Kyle Busch hit, right? And I, I just don't know how. And you, the, the track will say, well, we, we do what NASCAR tells us to do. If NASCAR says put a safer barrier here, we put a safer barrier there, right? And for and NASCAR comes in and they they do the stuff they they do do the evaluation and their studies. I don't have there is no good reason why because to me that part of the track you just to be safe put something there like I, I to me going into turn one where you're at speed and like you said contact happens on a restart whatever it seems like an area where just you just want to cover your bases just to be safe and it's inexplicable to me and that, that was a hard that was one of those hits where you watch it and you're like ooh, and then you watch it again and each time you watch it you're like oh it's just like it's more painful yeah i mean the, you know obviously he slides through the grass too so he wasn't able to scrub off a ton of speed i mean it wasn't like he was going top speed but um he, i mean any any degree of into a concrete wall uh head on yeah, head on it's it's that's that's just not Here, a, we shouldn't be talking about this honestly at all in 2023 no, we shouldn't like i mean to me and i know it costs money and i know it's not cheap and i and i and it's easy to spend other people's money but to me it is one of those things that you just do. Just cover the damn walls. I don't care. Like, just cover every wall that potentially can be hit inside, outside the racetrack with a safety barrier, just to be safe. And yes, I know you can't do them at dirt tracks for various reasons. And you look at like North Wilkesboro with how the, the, the front stretch wall is uh, on the inside. It kind of comes out a little bit. And yeah, it's going to make it narrow. It's going to impact the racing line. But you know what? That's It's better to be safe than sorry. Figure it out. And if you had to make modifications and so be it, I just don't like having this discussion. And the one thing I, I wonder about, and I've kind of had these conversations with folks is we're in this era where NASCAR is adding a bunch of new tracks, right? I mean, you can go through the list of gateways and Nashville's codas, et cetera. And NASCAR is very thorough in evaluating these tracks and, and everything and how, whether they're prepared, but you, you just kind of wonder like, I asked Brad Keselowski this. I asked uh, Kyle Busch this. Is, you know, what? How does this happen? And, you know, when NASCAR goes and evaluates these tracks, was it overlooked? And they both, you know, Brad especially was like, feels like this was missed. You know, and as you're adding new tracks, like, I mean, it should be very clear. Like, we're going to come to your facility, but you're going to have to make sure you're going to have to spend the money and and to, to make sure that those walls are protected. And yeah, it's expensive, but guess what? When you host a NASCAR Cup Series race, you're getting a lot of millions of dollars uh, uh, from the TV mat from the from the TV contract to 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 host that. So, yeah, it's expensive, but that part of that's part of the operating cost. That's that's the way it is. Well, at least on a high speed oval. I mean, you know, I think you can make an argument like, hey, some short tracks, you know. Th- but I will say though, but I, but can I, I don't mean to interject, but I, I say this to you. But I look at North Wilkesboro, mm. and let me say this too. We that that is also Speedway Motorsports property, but at North Wilkesboro, which did not have safer barriers, they were told, you know, they they came, the NASCAR came in and said, hey, we're going to want safer barriers here, 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 and there, and that's required, and they did it. 
So like, even there are some short tracks, like I, I saw a race at North Wilkesboro last year, my first race ever at North Wilkesboro, where it was like a, a modified car and turn three shot up the track and slammed the wall. Like you don't, you know, you saw it, like it's banked there. You can, you know, there, I, I just feel like every oval with the exception of maybe a dirt track. And I would say even some road course, a lot of dirt road courses need this too. It should be covered. It's just, it's road one of those things. Too, it's too big. You can't really, I mean, I don't see how you, but man, I mean, you what are you going to do for the street course? You can't bring in safer barriers on a street course, right? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, but that's the conversation. Maybe you can't, I guess that's probably, I guess a street course is in line with a dirt track if you can't do it, but a, a road course, I, I don't know, but you, you can't, you can't argue like there are some road courses where we've seen, there are some bad wrecks, you know, Watkins Glen comes to mind where you're like, woof. You know, like, I don't know. It, it's just, why are we having this discussion? Yeah. It just doesn't feel like, I feel like we've moved past this. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, one other thing that I, I mentioned briefly that I wanted to get your opinion on, we didn't get to talk about it on, on our chat during the race. Um, so the Reddick situation, right? He, obviously they left a wheel loose. And the rule is that if you sort of catch it on pit road, you just mm -hmm. go to the back. You go back to your pit stall, put it back on. You go to the back, whatever. If the wheel comes off after you leave pit road or away from pit road, that's the two lap penalty with the suspension mm -hmm. stuff. So yep. Reddick is obviously feels that his tires going down. He gets down um, onto pit road just in time, just as the tire, the wheel comes off. And so then NASCAR says, well, that falls under the rule of, it came off on pit road. So it's not the two lap penalty suspension kind of thing. I, I understand based on the wording of the rule that that's probably the correct call, but I'm not sure that's in the spirit of the rule. My sort of yeah. idea of the spirit of the rule was, Hey, if you leave pit road and it comes off, that's mm -hmm. now if, if you come out of your pit stall and immediately comes off, that's why they put that rule in. Cause like last year you'd have mm -hmm. situations where a car comes three stalls down pit road and the wheels off. So it's like, okay, we don't need yeah. to, we don't need to be suspending guys for right. that. But like and he went all, all the way around the track. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Did you think that, what, what, what was your take I, on that? I guess. I agree with you. Like, I feel like once you hit pit exit, you're, you're now on the other part of the rules. That makes sense. You know, like you're now on the racing action. You've returned to competition. Your window for being able to address the problem is gone. It's closed. And that's where I felt it was at. And like his wheel, I'd have to go back and look for replay, but it almost felt like his wheel was starting to come off before he hit pit. Well, and the, the wheel line. nut, I think, came up onto the track too. Yeah. Before. Yeah. 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 So like to me, like even if I, if you want to use this interpretation of it, he didn't seem to hit pit entry before the wheel started coming off. So I, I don't agree with it. I mean. But I think they, I think the way the rule's written though, they, yeah. they made the correct call. I just think going forward that maybe that's something that needs to be adjusted to where it's like, I was going to say, I, yeah, what I was going to say, I feel like we're going to get a midweek rules update this week of them tweaking the language. I don't know. I don't know if they feel that way. I'm just saying I felt like, okay, this is yeah. Like I, they probably, when they made up the rule, they're probably like, well, yeah, okay. It either comes off on pit road or you go on the track and it comes off. They probably didn't think yeah. somebody will be able to make it all the way around with the wheel about to come off. Um, yeah. so that's probably a pretty rare situation, but still you don't want, you don't want this to come up in a playoff race 
you know, where that could make the difference or something, right. And somebody making it or not. So I think it's worth, you know, just as an aside, I think it's probably worth looking into that, but, um, so were you able to watch much of the NBC broadcast there in the media center? Did you get any impressions of their coverage at all or? No, I heard, I didn't really, I mean, I saw a little bit of it. I was fine with it. It seemed good. I got a lot of uh, messages from people that were impressed. They liked it. They said it was very professional. So that that's encouraging. Yeah, no, I, I felt that way. I thought, I thought they did really well. Obviously at the beginning, you know, they put Dale Jr. down as they did for the Xfinity race. They put Dale Jr. and Burton down in, in turn one. Mm -hmm. And it kind of worked for Xfinity because the, they were still loud, but like you could at least hear them. But with the next gen cars being so loud, they were completely drowning out Burton and Dale Jr. And they're trying to give analysis of what's going on. All you could hear was car noise pretty much. And it was very distracting at the first part of the race. Fortunately, they moved them up to the booth uh, after a while anyway. But um, so, but aside from that though, like, you know, I, I just thought they were on point with everything. Like they, they had another one of those great animations and technical breakdowns from Steve Latart when they talked about the Blaney crash. Um, they just, they explained what was happening really well throughout the night. Um, just good analysis, professional. Um, so and definitely enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a good, good fresh start, um, you know, for them to come back strong. Uh, because really, I mean, in, in, in general, I, I think that people feel this way about Nashville and this is what I'm, I'm sort of going to explore more in, in the top five column tomorrow, but you know, Nashville comes back on the schedule, right? And people mm -hmm. are like, eh, I guess they can go there. Maybe it'll be a placeholder for, for the fairgrounds or, sure. you know, people are like, this never was a great track and who, who, you know, yeah, it's, it's good to get in Nashville, but nobody's excited about the track really. You're like, there was a reason why. NASCAR didn't race there. It went away. Right. Yeah. Um, it's delivered though. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, I, right. I'll, and like probably at least, at least two for three, if not three for three, I'd have to go back and I don't remember the race three years ago, but like in, in addition to that, even this year, it felt like, okay, like for NBC and, and this is what mm -hmm. I would do complete a hundred percent too. Like their second race is Chicago, which is going to be, mm -hmm. you know, obviously one of the most talked about races. Right. And like a big, yeah. so they're almost like, all right, this is a good little like appetizer, but really it's about Chicago. Like we're really going to, well, yeah, this, I mean, this, well, I felt like coming into this weekend, I, I was joking with somebody like, I, 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 I'm like, this national is like the forgotten weekend. Like it's all about next weekend in Chicago. Yeah, I'm sure all the questions no, in your interview sessions yeah, and stuff were Chicago. Every, everything's about Chicago. Like no one's talking about Nashville. It doesn't, you know, none of this is about, it's like Nashville's the forgotten part of the schedule. And it's really easy to lose the identity, but they, they still deliver, which is great. And again, should be noted too, sold out again, the grandstand, which is impressive. And that's not something a lot of tracks are, you know, a lot of Speedway Motorsports tracks are doing. Well, I mean, let's, let's talk about the racing that we saw. Like it's, it was good. It was great. I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, there was one point where it sort of settled out. Um, I think maybe after the first pit stop of, of stage one, maybe. Um, but like even then, I don't think the leader had more than like a, a a second and a half lead. I really don't think anybody led by more than two seconds the entire night. Most of the time, it was under a second. I mean, it was really really close racing. And then you had probably one of the best. I mean, might have been the best battle I've seen in in a few years. Like that three wide for three straight laps. Mm -hmm incredible that was unbelievable incredible. and it kind of gets overlooked because it was in the middle of the race and things like that but 
holy cow, that was insane. That was bonkers. Uh, wow. It was great. It was fantastic. Another intermediate race in a row, or three in a row, and but another one this year where we're like, wow, this is great. I mean, Kansas was fantastic. I think Darlington was pretty good. Charlotte was good. And then here... These intermediate racetracks, man, This with this car, is so good. Chef's kiss. It's so good. Absolutely. And it was tire wear tonight, too. You you had strategy a little bit. It, you know, you didn't need, you know, we're not talking about a bunch of caution. You didn't need cautions. Like, no one's bemoaning the fact you really didn't have any cautions. Everybody's like, this was great. This was fantastic. Like Exactly. You only had four cautions, and stage three, um, well, both stage one and stage three went completely green. Um, mm-hmm. and so for stage three, that was the last 107 laps of the race, I believe. Um, and, it, but you didn't need it. You don't need it. No. Like who, who wants a caution to break up? It was good action the whole time. Yeah. You, you don't need cautions if the racing is great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is sometimes we get lost and like people are always trying to evaluate, you know, define what is the good race and cautions always come into it. Right. <laughs> we do it every week. We do. On this we do. But what I'm saying <laughs> is when cautions come into that conversation and then, you know, people like, you know, I was, I was, you know, sort of whining a bit on, well, no, yeah, you never want about the, the start of the Xfinity race. Right. Cause it was caution, 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 caution. And people are like, well, man, you know, if you don't get any cautions, you think it's boring. And if you get too many cautions, you complain about that. But, the bottom line is like there was only four cautions tonight. There was 10 and 11 in the other two Nashville cup series races, 12 cautions in the Xfinity race. And you didn't need four cautions, more than four cautions at all. Like I'm saying I was, it was better than perfectly acceptable. It was one of the best races of the year. And I loved it. I wouldn't change anything about it. So, um, yeah, you don't need cautions. It's, it's not, that's that, that can be a sign of a great race, but you don't, it doesn't, it's not the only indicator of a great race. No, this was, this was a very good race. And it's nice to see, you know, Nashville came on the schedule three years ago. It was great. Nashville, you know, NASCAR's going back to Nashville market. Honestly, they probably should have never left. It's perfect. It's a nice synergy there. There's a lot of excitement, but you're like, again, this is a track that they left for a reason. It's Nashville land. It's not, it's 45 minutes outside the city. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's a little over, you know, it's a mile and a half racetrack, basically. You know how these are. Like, it's not going to be that great. And that's not been the case. And I feel like this track is now, this race has got some identity. And what they have done, to their credit, is able to deliver all the hype while being uh, in Nashville and take that and actually give a match that with a product that matches that. So the people that are... Like, great, I'm going to go to Nashville. I'm going to go, you know, do all the things in Nashville and then go check out the race. You're like, they're getting a product that's like, hey, that was fun. Like, I got a good race out of that. And that's, that is so important that you deliver, you know, the hype and the excitement. And then you're able to deliver it on the racetrack with a good, entertaining product. So um, we were going to trade Sonoma for Nashville this year. That ended up not happening. But so Nashville is still the only Cup Series track that I've never been to. You're going next year. I'm taking Sonoma. All right. But so tell me about it. I mean, for me and people who have never been there, it's an older track. So I'm thinking, is it Gateway? Well, I guess you haven't been to Gateway. But no, it's not Gateway. No, it's not like that. I've heard I've heard horror stories about Gateway. Oh, okay. It's not like that. So, well, so it's it's an older well, track. Well, one, there, there's no okay. Yeah, one, there's no power outages here. So Ooh, that's, that's definitely. Jeez, that was, Am I not wrong? Okay. 
I'm not wrong. Well, there was no power <laughs> outage at Gateway last time. It was an internet outage. Oh, I'm sorry. My okay. fault. Well, anyway, so tell me about the facility though. Or like, what, what's, what's it I like? Mean, what's the track like? It's fine. I mean, it's, it's, it's a racetrack. It's not like the sexy bells and whistles. It's not a lot of, you know, newness. It's not the sweets. And, and I will say this. I haven't seen the front stretch grandstand suite or anything like that, but it doesn't have all of the, like the bells and whistles. You see a lot of racetracks. It doesn't have condos in the corner. Um, there's no uh, grandstands all the way around. It, it feels, you know, kind of, I don't want to say bare bones is not the right word, but it's minimalist is probably the best word. Um, but it's fine. I mean, it's not, it's not a race I would tell people to go to because it's hotter than heck here. And I, and I should say this too, them switching to a night race, winning move, okay, winning move uh, because it, it is freaking hot during the day here and them to get it, you know, at night it was significantly cooler. And if for fans, it's, it's, it's much, much better. And it didn't seem to impact the racing at all. And so it's good. You know, it is not in Nashville though. It is, it's, it's 45 minutes outside the city. So you're, you know, if you're going to, you're going to have to make a little bit of a trek. It's not a, you know, compared to the fairgrounds, which is right down there. Um, they have done a really good job in the, the front stretch, you know, fan zone area of adding more things and Speedway Motorsports, you know, brought this track a few years ago. They have started to, you know, like year one was, okay, we're kind of getting our hands wrapped around it and seeing and how, what this is about. And now as they're moving forward, they're starting to add more and kind of putting their touches on it. And you're seeing that now. So there's more going on here than there had been. And that that's important because you do have to make sure that you have enough going on here because it's, again, you're, there is literally nothing around here. It is just bare. And so that, you know, go back to North Wilkesboro, they did a great job of that, the concerts and everything pre-race and really did an opportunity to make sure to get people out here. And I feel like it's kind of that to that degree. And so it, it, it's good. If you, you're looking for a little mini getaway, I would, you know, yeah, I get, you know, come to Nashville, but make sure you're going to rent the car because you're going to have to drive to the racetrack. So this is interesting because again, we, we thought, okay, well, Nashville, maybe it's going to be a placeholder. And then once they get the fairgrounds going, maybe this track, they'll just be like, all right, forget that. Well, now we'll go all in on the fairgrounds. Right. But this track is racing well and the people sure. are coming. So what happens when they, it seems like inevitably get the fairgrounds back. Do you have two Nashville ish races at two different tracks? What, what, what would they do? I, it's a great question. Because they're working as, hard on that. I mean, you took a tour of it. Yeah, um, they're, I mean, but they've got a ways to go. I mean, that, and it's important to note, and, and Speedway Motorsports told me this, is that at the the earliest that they could race at the fairgrounds, if this all goes through and it looks like it's going to go that way, is 2025. So we still got at least another year. You know, I don't know. I mean, I've heard a lot of things. I mean, you could you could potentially do two races here because you do offer two different, you know, meals if you you know if you want to say that you have got the short track and you've got a speedway. Uh, maybe you could you know maybe sell ticket bunches. You know, you could sell season tickets. You get tickets for both races. Um, I don't know. I, I've heard also you know Speedway Motorsports has got enough races in their inventory where they could they could shift things around and I, I don't know and we'll see and I. I think a lot of people are very surprised at the quality of racing here. Cause I, I think if you talk to people, and I'm sure you've had the same thing. They, they say what we just said, which is 
it's a lot better than we thought it was going to be. And so it's a heck, it's a good problem to have though, right? Like instead of, you know, saying, oh, this is just a placeholder, we're going to go to the fairgrounds. But now you're, you're thinking, well, maybe, but I don't know. For me and from my perspective, I look at it like I don't, you know, short track racing is the try. I, I want more short tracks on the schedule. And if that means you have to give up this racetrack for it, then so be it. And it is going to be expensive what they're doing at the fairgrounds. So part of me wonders if you're going to have to foot that bill and it's going to mean millions of dollars. I mean, does it make sense to have this property when you've got a business park all around here? Can you sell that and then use that money towards the, the fairgrounds? And and so I don't know. And I also wonder, too, can this is this a market that needs two races, you know? And how do you schedule that? It's, we, we've talked about how, you know, market sat, oversaturation is a thing. And maybe, you know, just going to Nashville, Nashville once a year, that's a special thing. And it feels, you know, hey, that's that's the time. And I don't know. It, it's a great problem to have, though. Yeah, I, I don't think it does need to. But I don't know what you do, because right now, um, until the short tracks get better. Um, <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah. May, I, and I, I don't know. I mean, why? Maybe it's a, th and again, I'm just, I'm spitballing here. This is me talking. It's like, maybe doing, maybe you kind of doing an alternate, alternate thing, every year. right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or, or but is like, that hey. worth, I mean, cause then you've spent what, what is it going to be over 40 million or something to something like that? Yeah. 41 to, to make the like fairgrounds. That. I mean, what would you, I, I didn't get to ask you because, so I got to cover the fairgrounds SRX finale the first year sold out mm -hmm. great atmosphere but like when i was walking around the track i was like oh my god this place is falling apart it needs work it needs a lot of work like a lot like like a right. lot like it's not north wilkesboro level need work but it ain't far off well yeah and you're not going to get I mean, um <laughs> the government bailout too of um no but it's going to be no, i mean even it. that north wilkesboro wasn't that like 20 million or something yeah, they still had to kick in millions of that. They still had to kick but in. What I'm saying is, so you're talking about the fairground need, fairgrounds need like 41 million or. They, well, I mean the numbers vary, but I mean they they will say that Speedway Motorsports says that if the government doesn't, if this whole thing doesn't go through to keep it going, the government's going to have to pay like 41 million dollars of their own money to make improvements to the speedway. So I don't know, I don't know how you want to spin it or whatever. It's going to need a lot of money, yeah. right? And it does. It's 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 a lot of money, it, and it's crazy, and it needs a lot of work. I mean, it. I mean, almost everything there needs some kind of improvement, and parking is going to be an issue. But man, that's such a great racetrack, though. I mean, it's a it's a little over a half mile racetrack. It's right there downtown. Yeah, it's it's so everything close you to want. City. Yep. And and I know the short track package needs a lot of help, but at the end of the day, I have more belief that. A short track is going to have more better racing more often than not than a intermediate racetrack. And that's why at the end of the day, if I had to pick between the two, I'm going to pick that. Well, I was on the um, NASCAR and NBC podcast this last week. I, I cheated on you, Jordan. Sorry. But, um, oh, you do great, by the way. Thank you. That's nice of you. Um, so Fantastic. Mike Ford from NASCAR was on as well. And he sort of dropped a little nugget there that I hadn't heard about. Um, NASCAR working on this new sort of, I guess it's mm -hmm. a splitter front splitter, um, for mm -hmm. they're going to test at New Hampshire and they're very, like very optimistic about, um, the, the arrow improvements that could come from that. 
Um, and maybe that is maybe one of the solutions to uh, the short track issue. So they're going to test that um, in July um, coming up. Good. So, That's encouraging. So maybe, maybe that will, uh, will help things. I mean, I'm, I'm very hesitant to think any, any, any one thing at all is the cure for something, but can't it hurt. Right? Yeah. As long as you're trying, I still think you need a softer tire, as you said in the podcast. So Jordan, it's time to talk about whether this was a good race. I have no memory of Sonoma. Sorry. I forgot to look this up for the podcast. My bad. Um, but, uh, I, so I have no idea who goes first. Do you, do you want to, you won. I did. Okay. So I go first. You go first. Well, I actually think this is going to be in the 90% club. Wow. I do. I think this is a really good race. I love this race. Why, why would people watch this and be like, ah, that sucked. I mean, I thought it was good. No, yeah, I thought it was good. I, I don't know how you would complain about this race. I mean, if you're a NASCAR fan, like, and you didn't like this race, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Cause this is what intermediate, this is, is, this wasn't Kansas level good for intermediate racing, but it ain't far off. Like this was, you, you mean, I, I, I don't I think thought it was good. I, it checked a lot of boxes yeah. of what I would look for when I watch a NASCAR race. So yeah, 90 is a great number. That's a great, I'm going to say 90.1. It barely ekes its way into the 90% club. That's a great pick. Dang. That's a great pick. Oh, but you seem surprised when I said 90. I know I am. I, yeah, I was, and I thought about it and you're right. And I'm overthinking it. Like I always do. Well, it's worked for you a lot this season, overthinking it. So, no, you, we've even out now for a while. Though. I just got hot, and then that's cooled off. Um, I overthink these things. That's why it cost me at Sonoma. Uh, I almost, I almost want to go like ninety, just flat, just to you should, it, just you should. No, because then I, then I can't hold that over your head and and chide you for it. Uh, you're just, you're afraid because we're going to be roommates next week at at Chicago, so you're worried about a prank or something. If if you've uh, Run a foul. No. Um, man, is it going to get 90? Whoa. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say 88. Just enough of a difference where I can't prices right. You can't be considered prices writing you. I, I love that you, you, because you, what's great about this is now you I got morals. You yeah. seem to care. Morals. You seem to care about this contest all of a sudden where normally you'd be no, like, I, I don't care ethics. about this. This is stupid. I got it is stupid. It's dumb. You just put like it. five it's... minutes of thought into picking your Well, answer. that's just because I don't want, like I said, I want to be a good guy and not have to you know, play the game when? the right way. Since when? Since always. Okay. When I all right. Um, so 88, is that what you said? 88 for you? 88. You're going to win me. It's going to end up, it's going to end up like 91, I bet 92. Uh, I actually think I, I actually could see a scenario where it's in the mid eighties and it's not as good as I thought, but here's the question for you. Like why, if you're a fan, why would you say no to this race? Like, what was it about this race where you're like, Oh my God, that was awful. Is it, is it the lack of cautions? Like that, that's the, this, that's the Mm -hmm. thing. Like, Oh man, I, I, I do think that you'll get some people who are like, uh, I don't like the, you know, the track position arrow type game. Um, maybe they go down that road or maybe they don't like Ross Chastain. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know, but yeah. I, like I said, I, I liked it. So, yeah, well, and, and you need just enough people out there to vote no to help me out. So 
If you got a reason to vote no, vote no. All right. Uh, before we go, let, let's just at least, we don't have to have predictions for Chicago, but what, what do we think? We're, we're both going to be there. We okay. have no idea what to expect. Really, nobody seems to have any idea what to expect. What, what are, when we're talking about this a week from now, what, what are we thinking we're going to be talking about? Are we going to be talking about like a, a total uh, shoe show, as our friends at the uh, at DBC say? Are we going to be talking about a surprisingly good race? Um, so what, what do you think? I think there's two different aspects of Chicago. I think there is the entertainment aspect of it, the concerts, the extracurricular stuff, the street course element, you know, all the extra stuff, right? I think that's going to go very well. There's going to be great concerts. People are going to come out. It's going to be festive. I think that's going to go great. I think there's going to be a lot of rave reviews. And like, hey, yeah, this is what being downtown Chicago is like, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's going to get glowing reviews. Then there's the racing part of it. And while we don't know exactly, and some people have said, like, hey, we'll see what happens. There have been enough drivers that have said it's going to be a crash fest. It's going to be, I think Kyle Busch said it was going to be a, survive, a game of survival. Didn't Kyle Busch you know? say every single corner is going to be like turn one of Indy or something? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> there's like two, two or three, I think turn four I'd have to go back and listen to whatever he said, but I think turn four is the one that everybody talks about. It's going to be narrow. And I think that there's going to be at the beginning of the race, I think we're going to see a rash of cautions, you know, and guys are going to get in the wall and then there's going to be pileups. And then I think it's going to kind of peter out a little bit and kind of, you know, traditional single file racing. Um, but then the end is just going to be, a complete nuts and you know i will say nascar smartly moved the restart line by the way up uh more into the corner kind of like you would see on a traditional indycar street course race where it's well into the you know it's before you way before you come to the start finish line and to kind of get an opportunity to spread the field a little bit that probably will help but i i think the race itself is going to be tough i really really do and so we'll see yeah, I feel like um, I just feel like whatever is going to happen, we're going to be sitting there going at on the podcast next week, going, "Wow, we didn't see that coming," or whatever, because there's going to be some odd, weird, unexpected things. Like it's not, I don't, I don't think it's going to be like, ah, we knew it was going to be a clown show, circus type thing, and it that's exactly what it was. I think it's going to be something huh? different than. Everybody thinks so. I, I and I don't know what that could be, but yeah. stay tuned. <laughs> it's going to be. And, and I and I will say this: I don't think it's going to be a clown show because the drivers are like, it's not going to be a coda or anything where guys are trying to squeeze four or five wide. Well, I hope not. Into, you know, be, but that's the thing. Maybe it'll be super calm because everybody's going to be conscious of it. So you just don't know. I, but I, I but I but I think it's going to be a thing of it's going to be guys are racing too wide and there's just a little. There's so little margin of error where you get into a wall or somebody just kind of slides up a little bit and somebody bounces into the wall and it's so confined that it's just going to quickly turn into a three, four car pileup. No, I, I mean, three or four. It's going to block well, the I'm entire to, track and 20 yeah, cars. Are and I, but, I, 
Yeah, and it may be, but I don't want to say – I don't think that's like a clown show. That's not guys doing like things you're like, guys, you can't go five wide into this corner. Well, a clown show you know? is not always – no, a clown show doesn't mean that it's would, their fault necessarily. It's something where uh, people watch it and go, oh, my God. Oh. See, I always feel like a clown show is like usually like – but I – yes, but I always feel like that is a result of guys doing things of like, guys, guys. Well, it could be the track's fault. I mean – we cannot. Well, it's a combination. Usually, yeah. it's usually the track's fault, and then guys thinking, "Oh no, no, no I can make this work." Mm-hmm. As I try to go twelve wide into you know turn one in Indianapolis, like no, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I see. What you're like everyone always thinks they can get away with it, so that's my thought. Yeah. Well, sometimes it can be a clown show, like at the curbs on Indianapolis the first year, just tearing up. You know, that, that. that's not the driver's fault, right? You know what I'm saying? So no, well, don't stop driving over the curbs. Yeah. I mean, there's that too. <laughs> um. I mean, that's part of it. So it's, well, I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fascinating. Um, whatever happens, I know there's a lot of people down on it for whatever reason, but I just think, look, I mean, 75 years of NASCAR, the first time they've ever done a street course for the cup series. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting. They're racing. They are. And you can say what you want. And there's a lot of detractors. They're having a street course race in downtown Chicago, the third largest media market in this country. And that is something I ne- like a lot of people never thought was going to happen because of all of the, the hurdles politically. They made it work. And they, uh, they're having a race in downtown Chicago. That is nuts to think about. That is actually happening. You know, whether it's actually going to be good or not, who the heck knows? But to accomplish this is deserving of praise. Are you going to go to the Chainsmokers concert with me on Saturday night? Uh, I'm good. I mean, I like the Chainsmokers. It's fine. I've seen You're not going to go? I've seen them before. I'm good. I saw them in India a few years ago. I'm going to have all plans. You have plans? I will have plans. I haven't decided yet what my plans are. Every single driver is going to be required to be at the concert, I believe, aren't they? I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think, didn't they say in the broadcast tonight, like the Xfinity winner? the race winner or something is going to be on stage yeah, but or something. Right. But they're, they're trying to get, because a lot of the people that are going to come to the chain smokers concert are not going to be like the NASCAR fans. Right. So they're trying to like sure. get the drivers out, yeah, cross, you know, cross from right, right. Be like, Hey, yeah, I get it. That makes sense. Show some That's personality. Cool. I don't know if they will, but yeah, yeah. no, it's um, good. They'll be fun. I'm, it's, a, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great get. I'm, I'm happy for it. Yeah. But I, I won't be there. Wow. That's, that's sad. I'm really, I'm really sad. I have to go by myself. I got, I got work to do. Oh my God. On Saturday night, you have work to do, but you're going to be, you have plans. First of all, first of all, you and I both know this. I do my best work on Saturday nights on the road. Let's leave it at there. You know everybody. that you, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that was a very, uh, hmm. you know, exactly what I stopped. <laughs> you know exactly what I mean. Well, listen, Jordan, we're roommates, so you need to tone that down a little bit. Um, hey, I don't come back. You know why. Oh, my God. All right. Everybody, I'll be at the Chainsmokers concert anyway. Um, <laughs> everybody, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We've missed you. We'll be back for the next 20 straight weeks and probably more <laughs> to extend in the offseason as well. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Terror. See you, everybody.